to another episode of Filter. On this show, we recognize that the world can be a confusing place to live in. So what I seek to do on this show is to equip you to live with biblical clarity in our confusing world so that you can face the chaos of life with wisdom, integrity, and courage. On this episode, I'm glad to welcome pastor and author Mike McKinley to discuss his newest book, Friendship with God, a path to deeper fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mike's book presents a simple, practical guide to pursuing a stronger relationship with God. He does this by reflecting on the classic book, Communion with God, by John Owen, and sharing those insights in an accessible way. Mike McKinley is the senior pastor of Sterling Park Baptist Church in Sterling, Virginia. He is the author of a number of books, including Am I Really a Christian? and Church Planting is for Wimps. He and his wife Karen have five children and live in Northern Virginia. Before we get into this episode, let me encourage you to subscribe to Filter wherever you get your podcast, so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, if you've been helped by this episode or any of our other episodes here on Filter, let me uh, encourage you to leave Filter a rating and review or to share the show with your friends. Leave Filter a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, write a review on Apple Podcasts. Whenever you take these simple steps, it'll only take a minute of your time, but it greatly helps us to get the message of biblical clarity out to more people. Well, without any further delay, let's jump into this great conversation that I got to have with Mike McKinley. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you on. I've been reading your book, uh, your new book coming out called Friendship with God, coming out with Crossway. And uh, as we were talking just a moment ago, the book is just released. And so uh, people can now go and order it. I've been reading it and really enjoying it. And so why don't you start by telling us about what led you to writing this book? Yeah, so the book uh, is, it's called Friendship with God. It's really um, it's my attempt at reworking uh, an old classic uh, by John Owen, the 17th century English uh, Puritan pastor. So about maybe about 10 years ago, I was getting ready to take a sabbatical, um, and I was sort of uh, lingering in my library looking at different books, trying to figure out what should I you know, have some time off uh, to read and, and, and contemplate and, and pray. And so I thought, what do what should I read? And I was scanning through the, the books um, and I came across John Owen's communion with God and uh, I'd had it on my shelf for uh, probably a decade, uh, but, but never attempted to read it. And I thought, you know, as a pastor, I spend a lot of time, you know, reading the Bible, talking about the Bible, talking to people about God. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I, I really feel like there's m- maybe an area for me to grow. It'd be in like actual communion with God. And as I thought about it, I'm like, I'm not even a hundred percent sure how I would, describe what that even means so i thought okay this is this is what i'm going to read um and and i I did read it on sabbatical and it it really um i found it to be enormously helpful um so uh long story short i've read it a few times um try to use it in ministry with other people but if you you know if you read owen you know he can be a slog um so he never uh he never says something in 10 words if he could say it in 100 and uh you know sometimes his syntax feels like it was you know Put together by a by a robot uh, that speaks latin so you know rereading owen can be a huge challenge and so i thought mm-hmm. um yeah, maybe i wish there was some way these ideas could be made sort of more useful and practical and accessible to just the average english-speaking christian yeah. uh and so over time um yeah the idea for the book came together and so really what i've done is just rework each one of owen's chapters into a, a hopefully clear and accessible like 1500 word chapter um so that 
is as you read through the book, you're getting the, the gist of Owen's points and, and hopefully kind of illustrated in ways that um, make them more accessible. But uh, yeah, so that's really, that was my, my goal in, in writing the book. Yeah. <clears throat> so for those in our audience who may not be familiar or remember who John Owen is, can you just, just remind us who is John Owen? Uh, you know, what, what did he do when he lived and what was, what was the context for his book? communion with God, because he, he gave it into a specific context as well. Yeah. So he was, he was a, um, I said, I, I think communion with God was written probably about mid 16, early 1650s. Uh, he was, uh, in England, he was a, uh, teacher, a pastor. Um, he was even involved with, uh, with Oliver Cromwell and the, um, in the English civil war, if you're familiar with that uh, era of history. And so, yeah, he was a, he was a very prominent public, um, theologian and, and Christian in Eng England at that time, as political fortunes changed, he was, uh, uh, marginalized a bit more, um, you know, in society. And that actually led, it seems to great fruitfulness in his writing, but I think he's pretty well respected in probably in our, our streams of, uh, of Christianity as one of the great English speaking theologians. So his, his works are, um, you know, uh, lengthy. Uh, they're being republished actually now um, to make them a little more accessible. But yeah, one of the great theologians of, of the Holy Spirit in particular in uh, in English-speaking Christianity. So uh, a real treasure, but as I said, difficult to read, I think, for most of us nowadays. Yeah, yeah I've read, I haven't read a lot of, you know, the Reformation era guys. None of them are particularly easy to read. Um, but I, I, I've read a, a decent amount and I do have to say that even among, you know, reading Calvin, uh, Luther and, uh, some of the other ones that Owen stands out as particularly difficult. I never tried to read communion with God. Um, but I did attempt to read the mortification of sin. So, I mean, I say several years ago, this was over 10 years ago now. And, uh, and I didn't make it far. You know, yeah. maybe now with that I'm a little bit older, hopefully a little bit wiser, a little bit more disciplined, I can make it. But yeah, it was difficult. And he, communion with God was originally given as lectures to students. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's funny now because we think of it as being, you know, uh, extremely kind of high level stuff. And for Owen, this was youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he was, I, I'm pretty sure he was at Oxford. I'm uh, not an Owen scholar, particularly just a, mm -hmm. just a fan from a few centuries later. Um, but he was yeah, speaking to, to students there. Uh, and that's where these, um, these talks were just addresses to the, to the students, uh, there at the school who would have been in their like mid teens. So, yeah. Wow. And, and so that actually, that, that's what encouraged me to think that these were, these were ideas that could be made accessible. Really. It's the, it's not okay. the ideas. There's nothing in the, there's nothing in the book that's so incredibly complicated that, that you need an advanced degree in theology. It really is just the language and, yeah. and some of the cultural, um, things, which, you know, with enough time and effort, you can, you can overcome them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what is it about this idea of communion of God that, that makes it unique from something that we typically think of when we approach our relationship with God? So what does communion with God mean? And, uh, as you write, as you write it, friendship with God, what does it mean and what makes it, uh, unique and worth explaining explicitly, uh, because you're trying to address something that we typically don't, uh, address or think about in our relationship with God. Yeah. So communion is, it's a perfectly, it's a great word. It's a word that, you know, the Bible, I think, um, you know, captures with words like in our translations, like fellowship with God, right? God's called us into fellowship, uh, with his son. 
so you know, communion is a perfectly uh, helpful word. I, I I tweaked it in my title to friendship because I, I fear that we we hear communion and we think something sort of super spiritual, a little bit you know, kind of uh, mystical and off in the ether and uh, and 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 something kind of strange. But in reality, I think when you kind of scratch the surface of what the what what Owen is talking about when he describes communion or what the Bible talks about you know, with, with words like fellowship and things like that really is, is something pretty close to what we think about with friendship. Um, and so, you know, in, in terms of the idea, you know, we talk a lot in, in, uh, American evangelical circles about relationship with God, right? It's, we even say like, it's a, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, um, which, you know, might be, might be helpful as far as it goes. Um, but I think what's really helpful is, you know, this idea that the relationship with God isn't just something that kind of happens accidentally. It's not something that, you know, we just sort of stumble into or have to have some kind of higher secret, but, but it really is at the heart of what God has, has saved us for, which is to, he, he wants to be our friends and he wants us to be friends with him. So Owen, Owen describes, he sort of defines this communion or, or friendship as God's communication of himself to us and our return to him of that, which he a- approves and accepts. So as I say, God, like any friend, God reveals himself to us. He communicates to us. He speaks to us. And then he's given us some really specific ways that he says, uh, this is how I want you to basically communicate back to me. You, I want you to be my friend uh, by certain things that he, you know, Owen's language approves and accepts. So we're not, we're not free to sort of make things up and, and do anything we want to do, but we also don't have to figure it out on our own. God has told us, hey, here are the things I want you to do uh, in order to, to, to be my friend, um, mm-hmm. you know, in order to live out that friendship with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. And I think you, you made a good point when you talked about how so many people have heard the phrase, it's not religion, it's relationship. And we say that often and like, it's helpful whenever we explain what we mean, but, but I think that people typically don't understand it's hard for us to know what, what, what does this relationship mean? Um, and I think for a lot of people, what they just kind of fall back on is, well, it, it like, it's an exchange of feelings. Like I go to worship I read my Bible and I feel good. And I guess that's my relationship with God. Um, but it, but it's not truly what we would describe as a relationship that we have with anyone else where there's uh, knowledge, where there is revealing of ourselves to the other and where there's this reciprocal uh, communication that you talked about. And so I think this, that, that, that's what makes uh, what you're doing in this book and uh, Owen's ideas so valuable for the Christian life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think there's, um, Owen makes a really helpful distinction early on in the book, uh, between our union with God and our communion with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, look, you know, you have to understand that your union with God is something that he does unilaterally, right? We understand that he, he saves us, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, unites us to Christ. That's something we don't, we don't have any participation, participation in, in terms of doing anything to make that happen, right? That's something done to us. And we, and, and no amount of my, obedience or discipline or anything like that makes that more or less true because it it all depends on God. So that's our union with God. When it comes to communion with God, that's, that's now a two way street, right? Like any friendship, there's, there's a give and take and there's a, a back and forth. And there actually is something for me to do to participate in that. And if I don't do those things, I'll feel less of that friendship. It doesn't mean that I'm not, it doesn't mean that I'm not united to Christ. It doesn't mean I'm not, God hasn't made me his friend, but we're not actually like living in a friendship in the, in the way that we ought to be, because I'm not sort of doing the things that, that God has, um, has said to do. So, um, 
Yeah. So in that sense, God's made us his friends, but what we're talking about is how do we actually then live out of that relation, out of that identity in a, in a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And so you start the book by just explaining these ideas, um, like unity and, uh, or union and communion. And I, I think that distinction is so helpful to, to keep in mind. So I'm glad that you have brought that one up. Uh, so you talk about union and communion and so what communion or friendship with God means, but then you talk about how uh, when we approach friendship with God, we are approaching a Trinitarian God. And so that shapes the way that we, um, that we live out this friendship with him. Can you explain how the Trinity plays a role in this? Yeah, that's, I think, really um, a really important piece. And that's what, you know, what Owen in, in some ways is, is arguing is that, you know, as we look at Scripture, it, it seems that we're meant to have a sort of personal, intimate relationship, the friendship, not just with, not with just God as, as sort of an idea, but with the God who really is, uh, who is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we're meant to have that kind of direct relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And Owen really, he organizes his books, his book uh, kind of along that line. So how is it that we have communion or, or friendship with God the Father? How is it that we experience uh, communion or friendship with God the Son? And then how, how is it that we experience communion or friendship with, with God the Holy Spirit? And so, mm-hmm. which again, if you, if God is th- three in one, that's what you would expect. And so, um, you know, I think one of the really helpful insights in the book is, oh, God's actually like, uh, delighted each person of the trinity is delighted when when we commune with them and has given us sort of specific um uh, means or avenues by which to to commune with them yeah yeah and i think that's a helpful idea too because like you said whenever we don't think about the person of god that we are approaching and then if we start to think about the person of god then we are inevitably led to the trinity father son and mm-hmm. holy spirit but if we don't think about that, then typically we just kind of think about an idea. We think about God as just the uh, uh, theological principles that we've been taught or some feelings that we have associated with them and so on uh, versus this person that we are approaching. And so, uh, and so, yeah, we are one way or another, we are brought to the Trinity. And Owen says that there are unique ways that we, um, have communion with each person of the Trinity. And he draws out and he explains those and, and shows from scripture how they work. And so can you explain that idea of how with each person of the Trinity, there's this unique medium as Owen describes it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. And you know, one of the, one of the great things about thinking about the Trinity and the persons of the Trinity is that, you know, you know, one, at one point Owen quotes from one of the church fathers saying, you know, no, no sooner do I think about the one than I'm led to think about the three and no sooner do I think about the three than I'm led to think about the one. And so, you know, the, the difficulty in talking about it is that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always break up into nice discrete, you know, uh, um, ideas. But when, when I start talking about communion with God, the son, well, part of that is through the gift of the spirit that he's given to me. And, and so there's obviously a lot of, um, interconnection there, but he does, uh, Owen uses this idea of a medium, um, that there's, uh, basically a basis for a relationship. So we, we might, um, think about it, uh, in terms of, um, you know, for example, if your dentist, you're the medium of your relationship with your dentist, the thing that you and your dentist sort of have in common that, that is the basis of your relationship is, is hopefully your teeth. 
Um, you know, if it's your car, you're in the wrong place, right? So mm-hmm. when you get together with your dentist, your relationship is all about your teeth. Um, and so Owen, Owen uses that idea of a, of a medium uh, to, to help us kind of think about, okay, what is it sort of specifically when God the Father wants to, wants to talk to me? Uh, when he wants to relate to me, what's the thing he really wants to to get across to me? And then when I relate to him, what's the thing that that I'm relating to him sort of about or in? Um, and then with God the Son and God the Spirit. And so Owen Owen argues that our the medium of our relationship with God the Father is is carried out in His love. That what the Father really wants to do is convince you of His love for you. He wants to show His love for you, and then your sort of response to Him is is rooted in that in that love in accepting it delighting in it uh resting in it when it comes to our relationship with god the son uh owen says that scripture shows us that it's in his grace that's sort of the medium that's it's it's receiving grace from christ uh, and then and then delighting in that grace uh living in light of that grace pra- praising him for his grace and then with the holy spirit again i think i said earlier like owen's He's one of the great theologians of the Holy Spirit, and and he even says it's a it's a big chunk of the book. But he says, you know, I'm basically going to keep this short because I've written so much in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says the Holy Spirit obviously does a lot of things. He he regenerates us, uh, he sanctifies us. Uh, but Owen Owen makes the point that when it comes to our relationship, our sort of communion with the Spirit, uh, the Bible seems to indicate that it's in His comfort, right, in the way that He comes and and consoles and and comforts believers and in times of uh, temptation or struggle or or whatever it is and so you know through those three sort of mediums we have we carry out our relationship um with with the triune god and that obviously as i said there's a lot of a lot of overlap and, and interconnection between um you know the way we relate to each person and, and the other mm-hmm. persons of the trinity which you would expect yeah. if there's one god yeah yeah of course that's good to keep in mind uh because we don't want to take that idea too far and start to think that you know, we don't have a gracious relationship with the father or a loving relationship with the son, you know, and, and assume like, no, each medium only applies to that person of the Trinity. Cause I, I see how some people could kind of take that idea and run too far with it. Whenever I read about it, you know, I take it, my mind brought connected the idea to like technology and I read, I read a lot about technology and, and enjoy that. And, and, uh, the idea of a medium, in terms of technology, a medium is, you know, a, a, a tool or channel for communication. And so the phone is a medium for communication. Uh, the radio is a medium for, uh, is a different type of medium for communication and, and so on. And so that's kind of the way that, that I, my mind had illustrated it when I read about that. It's like, okay, so just like, um, just like there's those tools, those channels for communication that we have, we have this with God. And, uh, or as you put, it's like, it's the basis of relationship with each yep. person in the Trinity. And you wrote how there's, um, there's like two parts to understanding this, fr- the dynamic of this friendship. Um, once you identify the medium, there's, there's the receiving, and then there's the giving back in return. And we need to understand those dynamics to be able to, you know, really apply these to our life, whether it's relationship with the father, son, or spirit. So can you explain that dynamic and then maybe walk through it, how that works with, you know, loving God, the father. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about any, any friendship, right, there has to be this, it is, it is a two way street, right. In a relationship. So again, that distinction between union and communion, 
union is a, is a one way street. God God does something to us, but when we're talking about communion or friendship with God, there really is this this give and take. And so, um, you know, God the Father communicates clearly his his love to us. Right? Owen calls that the great discovery of the gospel. That hold on, this God who I I knew God existed, oh, he actually loves me. And again, you don't. It's not the Father in isolation, right? It's it's he, he loves me. Uh, by giving his son and it's the Holy Spirit that's actually given me faith to believe that right but but the father loves me and he communicates that to me he shows me that in the gift of his son and in a million other ways and then but, but that's just a one that's just one way down the road right there has to be there has to be a return otherwise there's no relationship no friendship and so and so what we do is we we return that by 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 taking hold of that believing it right and and then living out of it so that means, Certainly worship, uh, it means finding our identity in God's love, trusting that when bad things happen to me, that it's not a sign that God the Father doesn't love me, right? But but sort of uh, in learning to interpret my life through the lens of the Father's love for me so that anything that happens in my life comes, I know, from the hand of a, a loving Heavenly Father. So I can mm. praise Him even in times of suffering. I can delight in Him. Uh, I can go to Him for help when I need it. Right. So when we're doing all those things, we're responding to his love, right? It's not a, it's not a, a one way street, but we're, we're making returns is kind of Owen's language um, there. And so for me, that's really helpful just to see that, okay, so that's, that's actually what it looks like to have a relationship with God, the father. It's not some sort of higher mystical insight. It's not some extremely rigorous, you know, religious duty that I have to perform. So certainly, you know, religious duties like reading my Bible and praying are part of it, but, but actually what it is, is just, it's hearing God, the father speak to me about his love, believing that that's true. And then living in light of it, returning uh, to him, praise and delight and joy. And yeah, how, how great is that? Like that, like what our God mm -hmm. wants to, to do is convince us of how much he, he loves us. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, how does that work in terms of the spirit and the spirit's comfort, this receiving and then giving the communion, that, that two way street? Yeah. So, you know, in, uh, particularly with communion with the spirit, Owen, um, he, he lays it out sort of negatively in, in three, you know, three things basically not to do, uh, in order to have this friendship with the spirit. So he talks about not grieving the spirit, uh, not quenching the spirit and not resisting the spirit. And he uses different scriptures from the, the new Testament to kind of lay that out. So in, um, and, and in each one of those, um, you know, with, with, in terms of like resisting the spirit, it comes, uh, Owen's drawing there from Stephen's uh, words to the, the crowd. You know, I think it's Acts chapter seven, where he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And in context there, he's basically saying like, you, you never listen to the prophets. Like God was speaking to you and you, you never listened. And, and he's saying that's resisting the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, one of the ways that we, right, we, in order to be friend, friends with the Holy Spirit, in order to have that relationship, we, we want to not resist him. And so that means being, like soft and open to the word that he's communicating right to us. So when we, when we hear God's word preached, when we read it, um, you know, either in church or, you know, in our, our personal uh, Bible reading times to be, to be open and soft to the, the word that the Holy spirit has inspired is a way of sort of living out that friendship. Um, Owen also talks about not, not quenching the spirit, right? The image there being kind of like throwing a wet log on a, on a fire, right, and, and sort of putting out what the spirit is is doing by, um, you know, setting your mind on the the, 
things of the flesh or, or pursuing the works of the flesh as he talks about like mm-hmm. Romans eight and Galatians mm-hmm. five, right? Paul says in Romans eight to set your mind on the spirit, it, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Uh, Galatians five lays out all the fruits of the spirit, right? So as we're pursuing those things and those ends, that's actually the spirit at work in us. And that's us sort of responding appropriately to the spirit's uh, presence and comfort uh, in us. Um, mm. Yeah. 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 Such good stuff. And it, it really ends up being uh, intensely practical. Once you read this, there's really, there's, it's, it's easy and there's no way other than to apply it to your life. Once you get it, um, they're, they're easy things that should be lived out. Well, I say not, not necessarily easy. It takes a lot of hard work and fighting sin. Uh, but I mean, simple and like, okay, I know how to apply this. Whenever you, whenever people get these ideas and you've shared it, uh, you've preached on it, uh, you've given it in pastoral counsel, what kind of a difference does it actually make in the Christian's life if they really receive these ideas of friendship with God versus not understanding it and not receiving it? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think the, the results that I've seen have been, it, it seems like joy, honestly, again, like how, how great is it? Like what, like what other, what other God is like our God, right? That when, when he comes to you, he says, look, uh, love, grace, and comfort. That's, that's what I want for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what he wants back from us is not, um, Hey, okay. So make yourself worthy of it. Not, you know, it's not like, Hey, do, do all these things for me because uh, you know, I, I, now I've, it's a little quid pro quo, but, but God showers us with love, grace, and comfort. And what he wants us to do is, is actually live our lives in light of that. And so I think, you know, I, in my own life and in, as, you know, um, been able to bring some of these principles uh, to bear in, in, in ministry, I think the, the result is just a, a sense of joy in, in God's friendship. Um, and, and a sense of his closeness and nearness in every moment of every day. And, and the sense that, oh, I can go to him at any time. And, and I know that I'm loved. I know that I've experienced grace in my, you know, to cover my sin. I know that I, I have a comforter with me. So I'm not abandoned. I'm not alone, um, in, in any of these situations. And so, you know, just like, I I don't know about you, but, you know, friendship is, is a huge part of my my life and my day, right? When I know I get to see a friend, um, or, you know, uh, I'm having lunch with a friend that I haven't seen in a long time, or, you know, Hey, tonight we're going out to dinner with friends. Like that's a, that's a, a, a huge encouragement. It's something I look forward to. It's something I enjoy. Yeah. And the idea that, Oh, I, I have, I have the, the best friend, the most perfect friend, uh, imaginable who, who wants me to talk to him, right. It wants me to, to open up my heart to him. It wants me to, to go to him. Um, yeah. So I think that sense of, of comfort, joy, uh, in, in everyday life has been a good fruit from, from these ideas in my own life and, and other people's. Yeah. Joy. Absolutely. I do think, uh, it makes me think of, you know, Piper's whole ministry that where he says that the, the whole point of our relationship with God is to, uh, to enjoy him and to, you know, re- receive and live out his joy. And so, um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that that, um, is a natural, um, product of whenever we have a deeper relationship with God and friendship with him. But whenever people pursue this, they might run into different obstacles and they find it difficult. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you found that people encounter or just, uh, hangups and things that prevent them from being able to receive these ideas and live them out? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably probably a few. Um, so, you know, certain just practically, you know, I think people the the perception of, of busyness in their lives, you know, can sometimes I think crowd out um, the sort of intentional um, steps of living out communion with God in the same way that you know, if I have a good friend and I haven't I haven't made time to talk to him in three months, you know, our relationship won't be as as close and, and intimate. So I think if we, you know, prioritize other things, um, other things can feel more urgent. They can seem more immediately satisfying. Uh, so that's certainly one thing. I think for a lot of Christians, there's just a, a sort of maybe the easy way to put it is just a lack of really believing that these things are true, that the Father really does love us like this, that there is so much grace for us in our sin um, in Christ, that we the Spirit really is present not to condemn us, but to to comfort us. So I think there's a sort of low-level guilt. I was just talking with somebody this morning who was just feeling sort of overwhelmed by guilt and shame. They, they haven't done anything particularly, but just they're full of condemnation for themselves. And so I was walking through some of these ideas uh, with, with this person about, you know, look, the, what, what God the Father wants from you is actually not for you to beat yourself up right now. Like that's, yeah. he doesn't want you to try to atone for whatever sins you think you may have committed. Mm. Uh, he wants you to be convinced of his love for you. The Lord Jesus is calling you to, to come and lay your sin at the foot of his cross and to believe he's, he's saying, give, give that to me. I've already, I've already taken it. Like you don't have to bear it anymore. And it's not actually, it's not actually more holy to, to hold on to guilt and condemnation, right? And the, the, the spirit's present in you right now to, to help you to believe those things and to, to live in, in light of them and, and to comfort you that even though Satan might condemn you and, and throw things at you, that, that you have a, a, a comforter and, and, um, and, and God's presence with you to, to help you. So, um, so I think a lot of times it's just not believing, uh, allowing sort of guilt and shame and, and those kinds of things to, to overwhelm us and then keep us from God. Because if I feel, mm -hmm. if I feel like God is annoyed with me, angry at me, barely tolerating me, well, I don't really enjoy spending time with people like that. And so I'm probably going to avoid them. Um, but we generally do enjoy people who love us, enjoy us, you know, and, and, and care about us. And so I think just that lack of, of real confidence in, in God's love and grace is one of the things that keeps people away from communion with him. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me think about one of the absolutely necessary prerequisites to getting friendship with God right is having the right knowledge of God. Um, not following a God uh, that, that's that's not the true God, obviously, but one made up in our imagination or that we just assume about, but that we one that we actually know. And, you know, we, we consider guys like Owen and others from church history, Reformation era, era especially, and we think of them as just like these gigantic egghead theologians <laughs> with all these big ideas in their mind. And, you know, because they, I mean, they wrote some of the greatest theological works of all time, right? But we also forget that they also wrote some of the greatest devotional works of all time. We forget that uh, Calvin's, you know, gigantic uh, institutes that he spends the longest section talking about prayer. Um, and so we forget that these guys who had just these, yes, massive intellects and uh, spent so much time on theology down to the weedy details also had all these great insight into a, a real devotional relationship with God. And I think that we don't appreciate that connection 
Um, and sometimes we even have this bad assumption that you can't have both of those things that they, that they fight and struggle against one another. Can you just speak to like that relationship between truth and love, uh, and good theology and then friendship with God? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, some of, some of Owen's writings, you know, when he, when he really gets, gets rolling, I mean, move me to tears with his sort of, uh, just evident love and, and just sort of reflection on the, the beauty of Christ and the, the love of God. And so, you know, I think, you know, at its best, uh, a theologian is, is, um, is not just telling us things about God, but, but actually helping us to know God, right. As, as he mm-hmm. is. So I can, I can know a lot of things about somebody, um, but that's really different than knowing them. And so, you know, I think the, the worst kind of theologians just sort of lay out facts on a page, uh, and, and, and leave it there. But the best theologians actually sort of help you look, look at the facts and, and interpret them and understand them and, and connect the dots so that you actually then know, uh, God. And that's what Owen, I think, and, and the, the best do, do really beautifully. So there's, there's passages, uh, in Owen and I try and I try to pull out ones in, in the book to the kind of the, the, the ones that are easy, easy enough to understand and, and the most, uh, helpful. Um, but some of them are, are extremely moving, which is, which is what you'd expect, right? If I, you know, if I think about my own, again, friendship, um, to some extent, in order to have a, a relationship with someone, you have to have a relationship with them as they really are, which again, is yeah. why you need them to communicate to you, right? Like they have to tell you, Oh, here's what I'm thinking. Here's who I am. Here's what pleases me. Here's what, what I'm doing. Um, if you're having a relationship with someone other than that person who really is, then you don't have much of a relationship. And so, you know, part of our, part of the, the drive of theology is not just to know more things about God, but to really, to know and, and understand the way that he's communicated himself to us so that, so that we're able then to have a relationship with the God who, who is, um, the, again, the good news being the more we learn about God, the more our hearts are moved to praise, right? There's nothing, there's nothing bad that we're ever going to discover about God. So all of the information we ever get, if we know him truly is going to result in, in praise and, and, and joy, uh, because of who he is, but you have to know, you have to know the, the truth. Otherwise there can't be like real genuine love and relationship. Yeah. 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 I think we, we live in a time where, uh, it, the idea of truth and of love or something that um, are seen as like antagonistic forces towards one another. Um, and that, you know, truth gets in the way of love, but, um, but yeah, but true knowledge is absolutely essential for love and uh, real loving relationships uh, have to be built upon the truth. Uh, and so, yes, uh, good theology is absolutely necessary. And the best theology draws us to, loving and praising God more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think also, you know, kind of building what you're just saying, I think real, true theology also leads us to, to obey more, right? Because I think sometimes mm-hmm. we pit relationship and truth against each other. And we also might be tempted to pit relationship and, and obedience against each other. Yeah. Um, but in reality, there's no, there's no relationship with God that involves you being set free to disobey like that. That would be just the opposite of the reason why God saved you. He saved you from sin, not to sin. And so, um, you know, one of the things, a, a lot of fellowship with God or, or uh, communion with God or friendship with God, a lot, a lot of it does come back then to obeying his commands and doing, doing what pleases him, um, because that's what, like, that's what you do in a relationship. So with my, you know, to switch slightly to talk about marriage, right? So to to do things that please my wife is, is just a sort of natural part of being in a relationship with her. You know, she, she hates mustaches. And so if I came home with a mustache, 
you know, for no reason, right? That that would be sort of a strange relationship move there. Um, so I I do things that make her happy because I love her and I I, I want to show her that I love her. And so mm-hmm. uh, in the same way, God calls us to obey Him uh, out of love for us, and we respond by saying, "Yeah, I, I I hear your love, I hear your command, and and out of joy and love, I I'm going to do what pleases you." So yeah. those things are are intimately connected as well. Yeah. Do you think there's application from learning about friendship with God to our relationships in the local church? Um, as we learn about developing friendship with God and the basis for our uh, friendship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we grow in that. Um, yeah, do you think that there are implications and ways that we then apply that to our relationships among our church families and you know the body of believers? Yeah, I think there, there probably has to be, right? If if the church is the the body of Christ and if it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, then you know, on on, on some level, our relations, the way we relate to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it's it's got to bleed over into the way we relate to other people in the in the church body, uh, in the body of Christ. And so, um, you know, I think certainly um, to realize that just as I relate to the father in love and the son in grace and the spirit in his comfort, you know, so, so do all the other people, all the other believers, all those who are, you know, united to Christ, uh, enjoy that same relationship with God. And so, you know, even just in terms of, um, like, how do I, how do I relate to them? Well, it would be strange if they relate to God, the son in his grace. And I relate to God, the son in his grace. And so we're both, we're both freely pardoned, cleansed, sinners by the by the grace of god it'd be strange if i treated them with anything but grace and forgiveness you know in light of their sin right so that that relationship with god has to bleed over and of course um you know the bible makes a a lot of a lot of that right if if you've experienced the love of god the father you're going to love one another and anyone who doesn't love his brother doesn't actually know god um so Mm -hmm. yeah i think immediately we see those those kinds of things um and then, you know, also I think you see the dynamic of, of comfort, you know, comforting one another with the comfort we've received um, as part of the ministry that that believers have to each other in the church. And then I think it's also just important to see, like, the, the local church seems to be, you know, again, if we talk about God communicates himself to us, we communicate back to him, you know, using the things that he's appointed and accepted and accepts, then a lot of those things actually happen in the context of a local church, like hearing God's word preached, pr- uh, you know, singing praise to God in, in corporate worship, coming to the Lord's Supper. Those are ways that God's given us to to respond to him, to sort of live out our end of the of the friendship and the relationship. And so those things happen not, you know, not with me privately in my library, but when the church gathers together on on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it sounds as though if we see whenever we see problems and conflicts among believers, those are usually symptomatic that there's uh some deficiencies maybe in the way that we're relating to God. Uh, because if we would, if we would fix that, then it would transform us to love and deal with one another better. Uh, leaning into that union that we have with God will teach us about um, upholding and protecting the union we have with one another. You know, as, as we're talking about this, it's making me think, man, for it, we're both pastors and for any other pastors who are out there listening, this book would make a great sermon series to 
to build up the, the body, not just for the sake of the individuals, but also for the sake of the, the covenant relationships in the church. Yeah. 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 No doubt. It's, um, so I've, I've uh, preached these messages, uh, at our church, you know, and, and found it really, really useful. And, um, and also, you know, I think you begin to see some of the good fruit in your church. You'd be okay. That's why this is, this is God's spirit at work, making us more like Christ and, and, uh, fashioning us in the love of God. And so, yeah, I think it, it would be useful for churches. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, before we go today, is there anything that you wanted to leave with our listeners? Just if there's one idea or takeaway from this conversation or from the book uh, that you would want them to have, what would it be? Yeah, I think um, you know, more than anything else, the idea that, that God really does want to have a relationship with you. So I think, again, the more folks who take the Bible seriously and uh, take theology seriously sometimes feel like... Um, uh, like it's a bit presumptuous to, to, to speak in those terms, or we might act like that as if, you know, because God is so holy, because he's eternal, because he's so other, um, we need to emphasize those aspects of God in order to sort of be properly reverent. And again, those things are all true and we ought to be reverent. Um, but that reverence never shouldn't ever keep us at a distance from God because he said clearly in his word, that's not what he wants. And so just this idea that God actually does want a relationship with you, it's not presumptuous. It's not, sort of casual American Christianity, but at, it, at its best, it's really the heart of what God has, has saved us for. And it's what he's going to bring us into in all in eternity, um, this sort of face-to-face -face, uh, intimate uh, relationship with him. And so um, just the, the joy of that knowledge and, and the sense that like God hasn't hidden himself or made it so that being his friend is some really difficult, complicated thing. Um, but he's, he's revealed pretty clearly in scripture how it is we can, we can do that. So hopefully that's a, an encouragement to people. Yeah. I, that makes me think about, and I think about this, uh, passage often. And I, th I think it's from, uh, I know it's, it's from Lewis. I'm pretty sure it's from the weight of glory where he talks about how, um, this, how profound it is where we learn that God doesn't just, um, doesn't just save us. And then, want nothing to do with us, but that he saves us. And then he delights in us. He desires us. Uh, and he likes us, you know, that's my rough paraphrase. Lewis said it a lot better, but, uh, but I, I think about that often because I do think that a lot of us and myself included get caught up in this, this really faulty thinking of like, okay, God's loving and gracious. So he had to give us a second chance, but you know, he really only did it because he had to, and he doesn't actually really like me or want good for me or want relationship with me that much. And that's just, that's the lie of the enemy. Yeah. The weakness of the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and even just thinking in your own relationships, like think about, you know, you have kids, I have kids. It, think about if your children felt that way about you, just how heartbreaking that would be, you know, to yeah. you to be like, no, I, if, if they don't believe that you, that you love them and they don't believe that you really want them to be close to you, that would, you know, that would, that would be devastating. So not, God's not yeah. devastated, but he certainly wants us to have that mm -hmm. kind of relationship with him as his children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a good place to end. Well, the, once again, the book is called friendship with God. It is just out with crossway and by Mike McKinley. Uh, I'll have it linked in the show notes so that you guys can go and get a copy it's a small book, but uh, worth taking your time with and really working through 
uh, thoughtfully and prayerfully. And so definitely highly encourage y'all to go and pick up a copy. Mike, is there any way, do you have a website, blog, social media, anything that uh, people can use to stay in touch with you? I'm a, I'm a ghost on the internet as much as possible. So uh, sterlingparkbc.org, that's our church website. So there's some information and sermons there, but uh, but I'm, uh, I'm not, not great at social media, so I just stay off it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, thanks for your time coming on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the work you've done in this book. And uh, thanks for coming on Filter. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode provided you with biblical clarity to live with confidence in our confusing world. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. To catch up the latest from me, you can go to my website, AaronChamp.com. While you're there, subscribe to my newsletter so that you can be updated anytime I share new content. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Aaron M. Champ. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Until then, hold fast to the end.